Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. If you have your Bible, uh, can you turn with me? We're going to go right into the book of Galatians uh, chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Come on, God is good? All the time. Come on, let's do it again. Ready? God is good? All right, and all the time? Come on, it's okay to have a little bit of old church in here from time to time. Amen? Come on. So uh, everybody in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to be looking at verses 13 and 14. Now I had honestly absolutely no idea, I mean a, a little bit about what Miss Ann was going to share, but I think that it perfectly ties into what God's been speaking to me this morning. I want you to know that, that we've got some fresh stuff as, as God even this morning, I was just changing and making adjustments to the message. Why? Because God is continually speaking. So right now I just want to... Uh, just read through this, and we're going to go through and just believe that God's going to bring a now word for us here today. Galatians 5.13, it says, For you, brethren, I want you to know that right now, this is who he's talking to. He's talking to you. Amen. He's talking to me. He's talking to all of us. He's talking to the church. He says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Come on, can you look at your neighbor right now? And I know this may be awkward. Can you look at the person to your right? Let's start there and just say, hey, I love you. Look at your neighbor to the left and say, I love you. Come on, I want you to know that as I came to the to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, one of the most awkward things that I've had to deal with was going up to a man, a man and saying, hey, I love you. I love, I love David Clark. Where's David at? David, you in here? He's not in here right now. But I want you to know, David, I mean, I love David. Me and him are friends, and we love each other, and it's awesome. But it's like, you know, it's like that first he hits you with it. Like, you're hanging up the phone, you're talking on the phone. It's like, hey, man, hey, brother. He's like, hey, Joe, man, I'll see you later. I love you. And he's just got that pause, like, because he's waiting for me to say it back. And I'm like, hey, man, I love you, too. I love you too. That's okay. How many of you realize that, that, that God loves us and we're called to love one another? As Miss Ann sh- uh, shared, that we need to share the love of Jesus Christ one with another. Well, we don't know how far that hug is going to go. We don't know where that, that little handshake may, that may just be what people need for, to get them through for that moment. But, I, you, you know, I want you to see here that we are called to serve one another. As it says here, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself and through love serve one another. Come on, that's really what it is about being the church. Come on, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to redefine what the church is. I want you to know that God defined the church some 2,000 years ago when Jesus declared, he says in Matthew 16, 18, he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Come on, I want to know who, what is that church of Jesus Christ that the very gates of hell will not prevail against? Come on, that's the church I want to be in. Come on, as you begin to look through the Scripture and let Scripture define what the church is. Let Jesus define what the church is. Don't let the world define what the church is. Man. It says the church is... One of the foundational principles of the church is that we need to love our neighbor. Through love, 
serve one another, it says there in Galatians. And over these next couple of weeks, as the Lord leads, we're going to discuss some foundational principles of the church. Some of those being that working faith through love. Come on, how many of us are working faith one through another? Walking in the Spirit. Come on, how many of you realize that it takes intentional effort to walk in the Spirit? Come on, the flesh, every day I wake up, man, I've got some joint pains, I've got, you know, I'm getting older, it's 103 degrees outside, and I've got to go do stuff. But we don't walk by, by, by the flesh. We don't walk by the ways of the world. We have the ability to walk in the Spirit. Come on, what about restoring one another in the Spirit of gentleness? Come on, is that a message that we hear often enough? I don't think so. Restoring one another. What does that mean? That means that some of us may end up falling away at times. I want you to know that even as we sin, Christ he has the ability to bring salvation. It's not about perfection. Or how about bearing one another's burdens? You know, we could talk about some of these things. Or becoming a household of faith. Come on, I don't look, look out here and see just a bunch of individuals. Well, I see brothers and sisters in Christ. That any one of you, as you have a need, I want to encourage you right now to call me, call the church, get connected with somebody here because we are a household of faith. Come on, church is not something that we just go to on a Sunday morning and listen to some worship music and an okay message and then go about the rest of our lives. Come on, church is a family. It's called the household of faith. God's called us to something more than what we're experiencing today. Come on, I believe that with all of my heart. Come on, I want to see the, the sick healed and the dead raised. Come on, I want, to see, I want to see demons cast out in the name of Jesus. Serving one another, though, is where it begins, doesn't it? As we serve one another as a foundational principle. Come on, right there after Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He says this, he says, and I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Think about that for a second. He says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That Jesus Christ, he went down into the pits of hell. And he took back the keys of life from the devil himself. Come on, I want you to realize that in the garden, come on, man, mankind is by our very nature, we were created in the image of God. Come on, you were created in the image of God. And through the sin of man, through the sin of Adam, we have fallen from that grace. Well, man willingly, Adam willingly, he willingly gave the keys of life, the keys of the presence of God to the devil himself. And from that day forth, God said, he began to put together a plan. See, at any time, God could have just taken those keys back from the devil and gave them back to man. But how many of you realize that a man gave the keys away? It took a man to get the keys back. Come on, that man is Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect sinless life for us. That he can establish his church. On this earth. Right? He's given us keys to unlock hearts. He's given us keys to unlock lives. You know, Sister Ann shared an incredible story about, about tragedy, about devastation. An incredible story that for most people, when these think types of things happen, they begin to run from the Lord and they just keep running, never looking back. But I want you to know that Miss Ann had the ability right there in her home to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to follow you from this day forward with all that I have. I listened to a, 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 a teaching the other day, just uh, Barry Thompson from KAJN Radio, and he was just sharing one of the most valuable lessons that he'd ever learned from Pastor R.S. King. 
And as you know, KHAN Radio has been around for a long time. He said, he said, Pastor King went up to him and says, Barry, Brother Barry, if you'll just serve the Lord with all your heart and run after him and just with everything that you have, he's going to put you in the right place at the right time. And he's going to begin to bring blessing into your life. And he said, you know what? I just, that's what I did. And you know what? God continued to bring blessing after blessing after blessing. Because he was obedient to follow after the things of the Lord. And how, here we have KHN Radio, still on the radio some 50, 60 years later. Of course, in that, in that short little testimony that Brother Barry was sharing, Pastor King said, well, hey, so Brother Barry goes to Pastor King and he says, uh, hey man, so we've got radio, we're on FM radio, 102.9, it's awesome. And Pastor King says, hey, that's great. Now we need TV. <laughs> Come on, I want you to know that God's never finished with you. Come on, you've never attained, okay, Lord, I've, I've got the Jesus thing done. Nope, that, you'll never scratch that box until we're united in eternity with the Lord. And even there, we get the opportunity to rule and reign with Him on this earth. You know, Miss Ann, we just appreciate everything that you do for the, 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 the inmates at LPCC. You know, the Lord has, how many of you realize that Miss Ann, she gets crowns on this earth? But she has crowns lined up in heaven for her, for lives that are touched and transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ, directly and indirectly. Here just a couple of weeks back, I had an opportunity to go and be with Miss Ann and Chaplain Alex. And uh, Chase, can you put those pictures up uh, on the screen? I wanted to show you this picture here. Uh, Miss Ann, she was there, right there before uh, Mark Garber and all the jail and all that stuff. And that's Miss Ann there on the left, and she's receiving... Uh, just a, a volunteer achievement award from the Lafayette Parish Correctional Center for all the work that she does there with the inmates. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, because I mean, amen. I want you to realize that the work that we do isn't just church work. Come on, it's life work. It's skills work. That, 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 <laughs> the gospel has the ability to change a life. Come on, I was an alcoholic. Uh, I mean, homeless. Do I, I'm not homeless no more. Come on, that's the power of the gospel. Amen? I'd be dead. Golly. But God says that through, so the foundational principle of the church is through love that we need to serve one another. Come on, that is the power of the gospel. Serving others. It may not seem the most spiritual thing, but I'm, I want to talk to you today just about, about what that looks like. That we need to not let the liberty that we have in Christ. That we need to not let the freedom that we have in Christ. That we not let the peace that we have in Christ. Begin to put barriers up from the world. Come on it says here. It, just right in Galatians. It says that, that we've been called to liberty. Do not let liberty. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But to with love. Through love. Serve one another. Come on, how many of y'all have ever heard this saying that Jesus said? He says that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Have y'all ever heard that? You know, that, that to us, I mean, we, we think about a yoke and all these things and how, that, how we have the ability to yoke oxen together and they can plow fields and they can accomplish great things. But I want you to know that to those Jews that Jesus was talking to, that that yoke meant something very specific. That I want you to see that today, all of us have the ability to bear and bur the burden of a yoke. What are you talking about? That there's the, the yoke of the law. 
As we say, you know what, I'm going to bear the yoke of the law. The things that I'm going to carry, I'm going to begin to just try to push that, the law on people. And that was actually one of the Jewish traditional things. That they, would, they had the yoke of the law, and then they had the yoke of the world. Right? That the world, we just let the world influences, the world systems, the world kingdoms influences. We have the Mosaic law, we have the world. But I want you to know that Jesus said, he said, I know y'all have y'all's yokes, that y'all don't carry the yoke of the world, y'all carry the yoke of the law. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Because Jesus carries a yoke. He carries a burden of peace and freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Come on, don't be entangled again into a yoke of bondage. Come on, how many of you can say that Jesus has set you free from a yoke of bondage here today? Come on, how many of you can say that? Come on, say it now. This is the time. Amen. Come on, we've been set free from that yoke of bondage. Come on, I don't have to go chasing all the stuff I used to chase. I don't have to try to convince others that what I'm doing is okay anymore. Amen. I don't have to make a point every time. Well, hey, Joe, I mean, you know, what, what about this? Is, is this okay to do? Man, do you love Jesus? Yeah. You know, is it loving others? Well, then no, it's not okay. Okay? If you love God and you love others, Jesus says all those things, all of those things fulfill the law. Everything that we need to do is simply built around those things. We need to serve others. And that needs to be the yoke that we bear. Don't you see that? Jesus said it. That he came to serve, not be served. You see? One of our missions in the body is to serve our community, serve our neighbors, and serve one another. And we need to, that needs to be the yoke that we bear. Just loving others. As Miss Ann, she was set free from, that, from all those things. And her testimony just reflects that, she, that we have the ability to serve others. Do you? Re, I mean, think about that. We serve others. Turn with me to the book of Luke. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. And I want to talk about a very familiar story here this morning. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 29. And many of you know this story, the story of the good Samaritan. Come on, how many of you have heard the story of the good Samaritan? That's probably pretty much everybody here. If you have it, you're going to hear it today. But I'm hoping to bring a little bit of clarity to this story. Looking at it through the lens of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're there, could you say amen? Luke 10, 25 through 29. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you are my neighbor. <laughs> I mean, think about that just for a second. This guy, he's coming up to Jesus. He says, Jesus, 
What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Come on, do you realize that that is the question of the ages? Come on, everybody in one way, shape, or another is trying to answer the question, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? What happens after I lay, I breathe my last breath? What happens after my family members have breathed their last breath? That is the question. What do I have to do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus simply says, he answers the question. What does it say in scripture? What is your reading of it? And he says, well, serve, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's in Deuteronomy 6.4. That's called the Shema. And that's what he, that young lawyer was brought up to learn from a young age. He began to learn these things. The law of the Jews. And Jesus says, well, you've answered rightly. He says, that, I mean, that's, you said it yourself. Do this and you will live. But how many of you realize that it's hard for us to understand in our finite minds that if we just simply follow Jesus and we allow him to be the center of our lives and we do let him to be circle around everything that we do, that that's ever going to be good enough. We always have to say, well, well who, so try to justify ourselves. He asked the question. I mean, think about this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, then who is my neighbor specifically? I mean, think about why in the world would somebody ask that question? You know, we have many reasons. A couple of reasons I thought of is, is that, you know, probably a good reason. But who's my neighbor, Jesus? I want to make sure that I haven't missed anybody, right? I want to make sure that, that maybe I'm supposed to love my neighbor and I'm just not loving these specific neighbors, right? I mean, are you talking about, like, the neighbors on the other side of the tracks? I mean, is it my neighbors to the left or is it the neighbors to the right? Or how, is it the neighbors that live, like, downtown kind of Youngsville area? You know, is that, is, are those my neighbors or, or is it just the neighbors that live in in Sugar Mill Pond. Is that my neighbor? I mean, which neighbors, Lord, have you called me to love? Or you could say, and I'm pretty sure that this is, he says, I want to make sure that I do just enough that's required in the law for me to do. Come on. I mean, that's really, I think, where he's coming from because he is a, it says he's a certain lawyer, right? So he, he was very familiar. I don't know if he was like a trial lawyer. He was probably just simply a scribe, a man who studied the word and tried to understand scripture for what it says. I'm here to say that I don't think that God's called us to a ministry, to a life of just enough. Come on, he hasn't called us to just say, yeah, I love my neighbor. I, I, I bought him, you know, I saw him out there cutting grass. I bought him a glass of cold water. I fulfilled my religious obligation by, by bringing my neighbor a glass of water. I've loved my neighbor today. You know, I'm not just going to say, I don't think that that's what God has called us to. I think he's called us to love our neighbors. And he meant that that's whoever we come in contact with. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And the lawyer says, well, who's my neighbor? So Jesus, of course, being Jesus, he simply tells this man a story. Jesus begins to open up the, the, some understanding by telling the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, 30 through 37 is that story. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. In verse 33, it says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. 
So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him in an inn, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And of course, the lawyer, being a lawyer, he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Can we just bow our heads right now? I just feel this led to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your incredible grace, for your mercy. Lord, I pray that right now you could just begin to allow the the, the word to begin to penetrate our hearts, to penetrate our understanding. Lord, I pray that you can just begin to give me the strength, Lord, to, to just preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ here today. Lord, that whoever is here that needs to hear these words, Lord, that you can even now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that dunamis power, can begin to penetrate the hearts and minds of the people here. Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we, hear, we see here a story, a very simple story about a man who was going from, a, a certain man who was going from, from Jericho, he was going to Jerusalem or, or vice versa, and he fell among thieves. And it says that these thieves, they stripped him, they wounded him, and they departed. That these thieves, they took this man, they took everything that he had, and they just left him there on the side of the road to rot, to die, to just be alone. To be in his own devastation. I want you to see here that many times hard times for anybody can be from our own account or it can be from the account of others' poor decisions. Come on, how many of you have made bad decisions in your life that have cost you dearly? That have cost you dearly. Sometimes those have the ability to leave us stranded and stray. But sometimes, like this man here, he had absolutely nothing to do with his his circumstance. That this thief that came, as it says in John 10.10, 10, that the thief, that the enemy comes only to kill, to steal, and destroy, that the thief, the enemy, the devil, Beelzebub, Satan, he came and, and left this man, took everything that he had, and left him there on the side of the road, dead. You see, this man, he wasn't a religious man. He was just a normal man, probably doing business. Jericho being a major center of, of, of commerce, and Jerusalem during that time being also a major center of commerce. He was on that road between the two. So he was probably doing business there in, in Jericho, in Jerusalem, maybe on those trade routes. And in that time, that, how many of you realize that Jesus has the time to meet us anywhere? But the enemy also can take opportunities wherever we are, no matter how prepared we are, even in our own daily walk, that he has the ability to come and bring devastation and destruction. And we see an instance where three men are given an account. And all three of these men had purpose. You know, one saw the priest. You have the priest there. And he saw, as it says, that he, the priest looked and he passed by on the other side of the road. You know, I believe that in these scripture verses that, that what, what Jesus is giving an example to is that that priest represented the law. That the law, the law did great as long as you followed it, Right? The law was perfect as long as you followed it. But if it's, it's during those people that, that fell amongst hard times, that had, were in a, able, unable to do anything 
beneficial for their lives, the law had no benefit to them. Don't you see, if, if you're struggling or if you're outside of the law, if you were outside of that Jewish tradition, if you're outside of the church, come on, if you if you're never was raised in church, if you, mom and daddy never bought you to church as a kid, and you grow up, you are now outside of the understanding of the church. And the church sometimes just has the ability to say, whoa, we can't help you. The law couldn't help those people. They, the law couldn't help that man. That's what the priest represented. It wasn't that the priest wanted to probably pass by on the other side, but he, was, he had something else that he had to do. He was trying to go do something entirely different. Then we have the Levite. As many of you know, the Levites, they were a Jewish group of people who were called to minister in the temple. I believe that in this story that that Levite represented the temple. Come on, how many of you realize that the temple has no benefit to people who can't get there? That even during this time, the Gentiles weren't even allowed into the temple. Right? The temple part that was segregated for the Gentiles was turned into basically a store or a money changer area. That's that same place that, that Jesus went into and began to turn over tables and begin to whip out the, the animals and the, and the things that were for sale. Because what had happened was the temple began to separate itself from the rest of the world. You see, that Levite represented that temple worship. The Samaritan, of course, the lawyer nailed it. He said it represented mercy. The one who showed mercy is the one who was a good neighbor. You see, that priest, he had a high calling, he had a high purpose. He had a high position. You know, that Levite, he was, he was on his way to the temple. I mean, I could just almost get the image of what was going on. This priest, he's like, you know, he's got his priestly robes, his ephod and his little thing right here. And, and he's walking along and he's, he's on it. He's, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm, gonna, I'm on my way to serve the Lord. I don't have time to deal with anything else. That, that, that Levite probably was so busy looking at what he had as his position you know, God's called me to this specific ministry. I can't get involved with this stuff over here. Come on, we can't let our position distract us from our purpose. Come on, we can't let the, what, the, our position, the role that we're fulfilling on this earth, distract us from what God's calling us really to. And what is that? It's to love our neighbors. Come on, that's during any time, during any opportunity. I remember here a few years ago, short years. I mean, it seems like yesterday, but it was five years ago. Now that, that Shannon had called me and they said it had a certain, a certain gentleman who was, who was on the side of the road in our neighborhood, had a flat tire, and she said he was on the phone and he was kind of struggling. It didn't look like he could get the tire off. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm going to pray for him, you know. She said, no, I think you need to go help him. I, it's Saturday morning. I mean, I just woke up and it's, you know, I'm still in my pajama pants, Okay. She's like, no, he, he really needs some help. Okay, so, you know, the man, man of faith that I am, I put on my, my blue jeans, I go down there, and I want you to know that through that just little simple opportunity, that simple investment of my time became a, a five-year-old relationship with a great friend of mine who's also a fellow pastor in the, in the area, amen? That, I mean, I, I had no idea. I didn't go there because he was a pastor. I just simply went because my wife said he, somebody needs some help. But sometimes just walking in obedience, being willing to, Stand up and help somebody has the ability to transform, change your life. Come on, we can't let our position distract us from our purpose. That, that no matter what you're called to do, I'm here to, to pastor the church. I got a great message, but I want you to know if, 
We have to be, be willing and ready to pray with people, engage with people, make time for people. Come on, David on the worship team, all our worship team people. Come on, we can't get so distracted by what we're called to do that we, have to, that we miss the whole point of what we're doing here. To love each other, to serve one another through love. You know, the one thing I love about this story is that then Jesus, he tells this incredible story about a priest, a Levite, a good Samaritan. And then Jesus, he comes to the end of the story and he asks a simple question. He says, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? You know what? Jesus didn't give that, that he gave some very specific questions. When Jesus asked the question, it was very intentional, very specific. He didn't say which one of these was neighbor to him, right? He said, which one of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? The man in the ditch wasn't the neighbor. The man on the road was. You see, he was asking, who is a neighbor? Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. The man asks, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells a story, and he gives the example of three neighbors he says, which of these three should you love? Are you going to love the priest who passes up the person on the side of the road? Are you going to love the Levite? Or are you going to love the Good Samaritan that came along? That good, that, that good Samaritan who showed mercy. That good Samaritan who stopped when he had no obligation to do so. Come on, are, are we going to love that Good Samaritan? Are we going to love the one who who bandaged up our wounds? Are we going to love the one who, who poured oil and wine and, to, and protection and cleansed me? Are we going to love the one who carries us and picks us up and just doesn't leave us there on the side of the road, but takes us to the end? And it, are we going to love the one who takes us and, 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 and puts us in the care of the innkeeper? You see, Jesus wasn't saying, which one, who was a good neighbor to the man in the ditch? He said, who is the neighbor that we have to love? You see, I think in this story that Jesus is pro pro prophetically declaring who he is and what he's come to do on this earth. That when we say we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, that doesn't necessarily just meaning loving our neighbors. Every one of you, come on, every one of us is a neighbor. We just established that earlier as you look to your right, to your left, and we told people we love each other. We looked at each other. We said we're our neighbors. God's called us to love our neighbors, but I want you to see here that Jesus said we need to love those who have loved us, that Jesus is prophetically declaring that I am that good Samaritan. I am the one that binds up your wounds. I am the one that lifts you up out of the ditch. I am the one who puts oil and anointing on your life. I am the one who puts the wine of the Holy Spirit into you so that way you can declare my goodness on this earth. I'm the one that brings you to the end so you can find protection and safety and security. I'm the one who pays the innkeeper who is the Holy Spirit who's going to tear for you and comfort you and guide you and lead you during this time until I'm the one who's going to come back and declare and call my church back unto myself here on this earth. Come on, I am the one who you're called to love. I am the one who says that when, I, when you love your neighbor, you are loving me. That is who Jesus is. Come on, I don't go and work in the food pantry and pray for people simply because I want to serve them. I do it because I want to serve the Lord because each and every one of those people needs a touch of kindness in their life. They need to be bound up. They need to be lifted up. Why? Because they are creations of the one true God. 
Come on, I do it because God calls me to do it because he says to love him. He is Jesus is our neighbor. Jesus is the one who hasn't left us alone. He left us in the care of the innkeeper. Think about this story. I mean, the story of the Samaritan, he takes him, he takes out, he gives him two denarii, right? Which that two denarii, there's some prophetic things there. We won't get into that. But I want you to know that this, that this story speaks of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. He binds up our wounds. He heals us. He restores us. He enables us. He encourages us. And he leaves us not alone. Jesus said in, in, in the Gospels that he says, I'm not leaving you alone. He says, I'm, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your guide. He says, in fact, it's better that I leave. But in this story, we see here that Jesus, he's leaving He's not leaving us alone. He's leaving us for a time, but he's coming back to call us home. Come on, that is the good news. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. That's what God has called us to do. That we love our neighbor as he has loved us. Of course, Jesus, he says, he tells the man, he says, now you go and do likewise. You go and do likewise. I want to, I, I'm going to share a little bit about this. This is something that almost knocked me out of my lazy boy recliner yesterday. But Jesus tells this story, and then, and then, and then right after that, right after that. So get, get I mean, this was a story. This is just a story. And, and Jesus is, is illustrating some wonderful points about who he is, what he's doing, and when he's coming back. But I want you to see here that he says right after that, in verse 38, it says, now it happened. You see, Jesus is telling a story about, about living by the law or living just by, the, by worship. He said, no, you need to live in obedience. You need to live in love. You need to live in lifting people up. He says, and then now it happened. He says, the story I just told is being lived out through the, through the story of Mary and Martha. And I'll go into some of that maybe next week. But how Jesus tells Mar- Mary uh, or, or tells Martha, you know, hey, I know you're busy and all that. But really, while the, the king is here is when you need to worship me. And I want to go into that next week. That's just a little teaser. But I want you to see here that we need to be asking that question. Are we serving our neighbor? Jesus said, go and do likewise. You know, Sister Ann, I want you to know that that you are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as you go into that jail cell and you just share the love of Jesus. That you are being that good neighbor for that person who is, who is down and out. Who that person who was beat up and left for dead. That person who was beat up and left naked there on the side of the street, alone and cold. That's what Jesus did for every one of us. That's what he'll do for you if, you ha- if, if you're willing to receive him and receive his help. You don't know how many times I've gone up to people and have been able to say, Hey, look, God loves you. He wants to help you. And they say, You know what? I'm good. I mean, what would, you, what, would that na- what would that man on the stri- side of the road have done? I mean, oh, I'm good. Come on. How many of you know that pride is an evil mistress? Come on, pride will devastate you. Pride will keep you from the promises of God. Come on, we have to realize where we are and who we are. Are you willing to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to those who have fallen amongst tough times? Are you willing to say, you know what? I can't stay with you forever, but I'm going to introduce you to someone who can. Come on, how many of you believe and realize that, that the Holy Spirit has the ability to change our life as we're willing to allow him to come and dwell and baptize him 
or baptize us with power and effectiveness on this earth. Come on, I believe that most of us here, many of us on this earth, many people in the church, they, they love the Jesus that lifts them up out of the ditch, but they don't want to have no part with that innkeeper. Come on, they don't even want to touch who that innkeeper's called to do. Oh, I'm good now, I'm restored, right? Done, back to my, going back out on the road. Come on, I want you to know that God has called us to dwell with the Holy Spirit. That he wants to come and live and dwell inside of you. And that he's going to give you the ability, the strength, and the courage to do the things that you needed to do. That Jesus Christ, he said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. That he told that to Peter. And that same Peter in the book of Acts, there on the streets of Jerusalem, as he was baptized with power, that he began to preach with renewed vigor, with renewed strength. And it says there on that day that 3,000 came to the Lord. That 3,000 souls were lifted up out of that ditch that day and gave, given new purpose, given new strength. That we need to be vessels of introduction, vessels of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our community. That we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but I want you to know that we need to introduce Him to the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a, there's a move of, of God on this earth. I believe that people are looking for the genuine touch from the Lord. Come on, I, I'm sick and tired of putting up and dressing up the gospel. Come on, I, I want that, that, that raw gospel that's able to really just reach down and touch people exactly where they are. Come on, that, that, I don't want to be like that priest who, who, who was so concerned with where he was going he totally passed up what he was called to do. I don't want to be like that Levite who was so concerned about what he had to do that he, that he passed up the purpose that God had put right there in his life. Right there for him to deal with. In Luke 4.18, Jesus clearly states, and we sing, we, we, we recite this every, every year at our Living Bethlehem program. And I think that Jesus, in Luke 4, 18, he is, he is just reiterating that same story of what he was called to do that we see here in that story of the Good Samaritan. You know, I believe that even Jesus, he, he kind of concealed himself in that story of the Good Samaritan because he knew that, that, that if, if he just straight out told people who he was, of course, the, the, the enemy wouldn't allow him to complete his purpose. So Jesus hid himself in stories and, and parables. So that way, whenever he died and whenever he rose again, that who he was would be revealed. That's why he called himself in this story the Good Samaritan. Because he was concealing his true identity for a time as now for it to be revealed. But in Luke chapter 4, 18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, I believe that we're called to carry that spirit of the Lord, that he's anointed each and every one of us to heal those brokenhearted, to restore sight to the blind. But it starts by through love serving one another. When we serve others from a renewed heart, see, we're truly serving God. 
that we can truly fulfill that commandment. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That we truly fulfill that when we begin to redirect the love that God has for us onto others. It's probably one of the most spiritual, unspiritual things that we can do. Love others. Help someone at the grocery store. Tell somebody that you love them. You appreciate what they're doing. Be willing to take a phone call and listen for a few moments as someone calls you. Pray with them. You know, I've said this many times in the past that some of the cheap, one of the cheapest things that we can give away is a word of encouragement. It costs us almost absolutely nothing. But in many cases, it's the most valuable thing that we can receive from someone else. A word of encouragement. That we need to begin to walk as Jesus walked. Jesus says, go and do likewise. I want to encourage you today, just as, as, as Anne encouraged us, to through love, the love of Jesus Christ, serve others. Find a way to serve others. And when you do that, we have the ability to love God. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team up. You know, in Galatians, what an incredible letter, what an incredible testimony from Paul. He goes on to say that, that we should Be led by the Spirit and not work under the law. I'm not encouraging to serve others simply because the law, because the church tells us to. We need to serve others because God wants us to serve Him. God wants us to love Him. You see, I mean, that's the incredible truth of it. You know, many times we read that story of the Samaritan and we think, you know, that, that the Samaritan was, being, the, the man in the ditch was the neighbor. Come on, have you all ever thought that? The man in the ditch was the neighbor. The man in the ditch wasn't the neighbor that Jesus was talking about. The neighbor was the good Samaritan that we're called to love. That we serve God when we serve others. Galatians said we need to be led by the Spirit. Come on, I've seen us have, let, we, we've made such a great plan that we totally miss the purpose. That we can let our positions totally distract us from our purposes. Well, that we, that we can let what we have to do next keep us from what we have to do now. But we need to operate and be led by the Spirit. The church needs to be led by the Spirit. He goes on to say in Galatians that we need to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. He says in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and against such there is no law. We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.